Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. And I want to continue with my series on miracles by the moment. As you know, we have written a book, Miracles by the Moment, and um, we are in a season of miracles here at New Beginnings. Larry's been preaching dynamically on the power of God, and we are teaching and learning how to tap in to the miracles of God, right? Have you learned some things the last few weeks? Have you learned some things? I'm telling you, you know, what... What we're teaching, what he's been teaching, will change your life. Absolutely. You know, but the promises of God and our prayers and our faith has to be something that is active. There's God's part. God is God 24-7. He never changes. His power who he is, his, the names of God tell us the nature of God. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He is Jehovah Shama, whatever we need him to be, whenever we need him to be it. That's pretty all-inclusive, but he can be that. He can be all of that. But if you and I don't know how to tap into it, then it's just out there waiting for us to tap into it. You know, God has done all that's necessary to make his promises and to make his power available to us. But knowing that, Versus owning that are two different things. And so what we have learned over the years about faith, and I'm talking uh, almost 50 years for Larry and I of learning the principles of faith, learning how to connect the dots of faith, learning how to live in a world full of chaos a world full of variables, a world full of of ups and downs, mountains, valleys, a world of reality just like you do, but learning how to activate the promises of God. And I've taught you, we've taught you, I'll teach you again, but remember what I've been saying is that faith is not denying what you're going through. If you're going through financial problems, if you're going through health problems, uh, like we have in our family the last couple years, when you're going through those things, faith is not just denying them. Faith isn't just like people in the world, just ignore it and hope it'll go away. Bury your head in the sand or, you know, pull the covers over your head and hope that boogeyman goes away. You know, faith is an active force that you have to rise up and seize the promises of God. 
Amen. You've got to reach up into the heavenlies and connect in the spiritual realm and pull down those promises that are available to us. I say this all the time, but I believe, and this is from what I have seen over all these years, that so many of God's children are living so far below the promises of God. Why? Not because God doesn't care, but number one, because maybe you've never been taught that God is a good God, maybe never been taught that God wants to help us, maybe you've never been taught the names of God or the nature of God. You see, Larry and I lived as Christians, as pastors for 15 years, gave our lives, traveled the world, planted churches, lived uh, uh, in, in, in basically, you know, abject poverty, living and doing and working for God, but never understanding that God is not a taker, he's a giver. And one day we woke up and realized God isn't against us being blessed. He is for us being blessed. And there's enough in God's kingdom to go around to be a blessing and change the world and be blessed in the meantime as well. That was a game changer for us. We were living in abject poverty because we believed that that's what God wanted as a Christian and as a sacrifice. We were, we were taught that way. So we did not understand our misconception of God's nature kept us from entering into who he already is and what he already wanted. And in a moment of time, as Larry taught last week, in a moment of time, as our thinking changed, as our thinking changed, our life changed. Because we began to understand a different part of God's nature that we were wrong. We were sincere, but we were sincerely wrong. And so as we began to learn and understand and press into and be ready to receive God as a big God, as an unlimited God, our circumstances began to change. I've talked to people, I've prayed with people uh, recently, you know, in dealing with uh, cancer in our lives, I've met a lot of people on this journey dealing with cancer. And I can't tell you how many people that I've spoken to or Larry's spoken to that are Christians that don't understand that God is a healer. So you might think, well, wouldn't God just heal them anyway if they're a believer? There's God's part and there's our part. We talked to a couple uh, a month ago or so, and this gentleman, um, Larry does some business with him. Really great guy, really great family, good Christian believers, but don't understand anything about God being a healer. They're saved. They're going to heaven. They love God. Um, they go to church, but in the denomination they're involved with and God bless them. God love them. I'm not being derogatory. I'm just saying they don't teach that God is a miracle worker. 
They teach how to get through tough times. They teach how to get through difficult challenges, but they don't teach that God can deliver us from those things. Now that's a big, big difference. Do you understand that? So as we spoke to them, this gentleman, he's like, you mean God could heal my wife? We said, absolutely. Now you do everything you can in the natural. You absolutely do everything you can in the natural, but then you allow God to put his super to your natural. Now that applies not only to healing, that applies to every area of our lives. Over all of the years that Larry and I have been pastoring, you know, the Bible says we're more than conquerors. There are some mountains and there are some molehills and there are some valleys that need to be conquered as we move forward in life. People sometimes have the misconception, well, I'm a believer, life should just be a bed of roses. There should never be a challenge. There should never, hey, we're more than conquerors. That means there's something to conquer. There's issues to resolve. There's ground to take. There's an enemy to fight. And you got to pull back what he's trying to take from you. You got to get in there and wrestle spiritually. Prayer is not some mild Sweet meditation. Now, I'll, I'll talk more about that. There is that part. There is be still and know that I am God. But guess what? Even that is an action. People say, well, be still and know that I'm just trusting. You know, that word be still. Well, let me say this. How many know that scripture? They that wait upon the Lord shall be renewed, right? Okay, that word wait isn't really how we think of just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting. No, that is like waiting on people. How many have ever been a waitress? I have. <laughs> you better be hustling. <laughs> Ma'am, my toast is burnt. Okay, I'll be right there. I need some water filled over. Yeah, I'll be right there. Okay. New, oh, let me seat you. Let me take care of you. I remember being a waitress and just, I lost 10 pounds in the first week, just running, running, running. I'm like, I don't need to work out. This is crazy. And yet that's what a waiting is. So when we're waiting on God for his miracles, we're not just on the couch watching TV, eating bonbons or chips. We're out there working. We're out there waiting on God. We're out there working for God. Listen, these past four years while my family's been going through leukemia with Lyon, ovarian cancer with me. We weren't just sitting back at home waiting for God to do a miracle. We were activating our faith. We were involved in what God is doing. We weren't just focusing on our challenges. We were changing the world. Every single day, rather than getting up and, oh God, woe is me. Oh Lord, have mercy. I could write, write a little tune on that. <laughs> But we weren't just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting for God to move. No, we were actively, God, what's going on in the world? And how do we need to be a part of this? God, what do you have for us to do today? What? There's people that need our help? Okay, God, that's what we're going to be involved in. I didn't sit around and 
feel sorry for myself? Well, I had a little bit of that. Mind you, of course. But I rallied myself. And I rose up above that. And I stayed on the cutting edge of what God is doing. Even when I was isolated. Even when I had to stay out of circulation because of my immune system. Hey, I wasn't just hanging at home. We were involved in what God's doing. That is waiting on the Lord. That is serving God. That is activating your faith. That is rising up above that pit that the enemy is trying to destroy our lives in. Whether it's sickness, disease, finances, challenges in your health, challenges in your home, challenges in your marriage, challenges in your finances. Look, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. It's chaotic. It's up. It's down. You don't know each day. You're afraid to turn on the news because what's going on today? Wars, rumors of wars, financial crisis, all kinds of issues going on in the world. Y'all know that. We live in the world, but we don't function in this world. Yes, we live in this world, but we are not of this world. And we have the opportunity to literally rise up above it through our faith, through our service to God, through our giving where we break that spirit of devour over our lives, whether it's cancer, COVID, economy, cocaine, addictions, Infidelity, whatever you're facing in your life, our God is God Almighty. Our God is God Almighty. Our God is God Almighty. Nothing is too hard for him. As we've gone through these challenges, the thing that when we came out of the doctor's office the first time and had this terrible tsunami report of, um, with Lion and then with, with me. And you're just bowled over by this. How did we rise above that? In the, be- in, in the few seconds upon getting that report, it was like, okay, how do we fight this? We need some super turbocharged miracle working power that that we've never had before. Yeah. This is a biggie. We need the, we need the big, big, big uh, uh, torpedoes, <laughs> whatever, of faith. And then within seconds, I realized in my own spirit, no, it's exactly what we've done for almost 50 years. You choose to believe God. You choose to trust God. You choose, rather than focusing on the problem, you focus on his promises. And whether you're facing an issue that is little or medium or large or jumbo (laughs) or mega gigantic, whatever you're facing, it's the same principles of faith which to me 
is so comforting. We've got the arsenal. We've got it. We've got it. Whatever you're up against, you've got the equipping. You've got the force. You've got it. Because God's got it. And so all we have to do is just follow the principles of faith. Number one, I choose to believe God. Do you? Do you choose to believe God? No matter what you're facing, no matter what the news is saying, no matter what is going on around you, no matter what is going on in your home, no matter what's going on in your health, no matter what's going on in your marriage, no matter what's going on in your finances, you choose to believe God. You choose to believe and to trust God. So how do you do that? Okay, number one, we make the choice. Number two, we choose to follow the Bible's leading and instructions on faith. Anybody in this house ever heard of the weapons of our warfare? Amen. Those are very real. Those are very real. And I'm going to talk just a little bit about that. But the number one way, number one way to enter into faith is you have to have a relationship with God. You have to have a genuine, authentic relationship with God. You know, uh, you might be new to this. You might be 50 years as a believer. You might be somewhere in the middle. But every single day, our relationship with the Lord has to be fresh. We can't just seek the miracle. We have to seek the miracle worker. And it's that intimacy that literally becomes genuine faith. You know, when we needed this miracle, uh, in my, I'm speaking for myself, when I needed this miracle for ovarian cancer and dealing with that, I had to get into an intimate place with God. I couldn't be on cruise control. I couldn't be on everything is normal, you know, no emergencies, no nothing. You know, hey, God, let's, let's go have a good day, you know. <laughs> I had to enter into a place of intimacy with the Lord where I rested and where I knew that he had this. I had to come out of that place in the natural realm of chaos and move into that supernatural place of receiving. Now that might seem, oh, she's so super spiritual. Oh, she's just out there. No, no, no. This is as practical <laughs> as you can get. I am not a super, super spiritual type of person. I am like so practical, but I am so in love with my God. And I do know him in such a deep way. And through this, that's how I found my place and my way and my path into the miracles by the moment was through that relationship with him. Now, this is not a burden. This is not another to-do list. 
You know, we all wake up in the morning, we've got the endless to-do lists, the tasks before us, all the things that are shouting for us to give attention to and get done. But the number one most important thing, whether we're in crisis mode or whether we are in a cruise mode, is to welcome God into your life that day, to enter into a place with him, into a place of faith with him, not to just focus on your mountain of to-do lists or your mountain of problems, but to focus in on the mountains and mountains and mountains of unlimited resources and supernatural equipping and help that God has for us. And so as we wake up first thing in the morning, I remember, you know, in those first few days uh, after getting this diagnosis, you know, and you wake up and it's like, that's not a nightmare. That really happened. This is really my life right now. And just that alarm. And then I had to just look beyond that and look to my God and look to him and realize, oh God, you're greater than this. You got this. So I got this. We got this. And Lord, you are God almighty. You are Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Whatever I'm facing, God, you are going to see me through. You are going to equip me, strengthen me, fill me. You're going to lead this medical team. And God, everything that we do in the natural, you're going to put your super to it. And that's the way that we got through this. And then we would saturate our soul and mind. Because I'm telling you, when you're dealing with something like that, there are a million things that come slamming at you that have to be dealt with. And we got through that realizing and staying in that place of God's promises. And yes, we had to deal with things in the natural. Like I said, faith is not denying or ignoring the issues that you're dealing with. But faith is denying their right to rule and reign in your life, in your future, and your destiny. And so maybe that, maybe that changes in a moment. As I've said, maybe there are miracles that are so enormous you cannot deny them. Maybe the answer to our prayers comes in a gigantic, colossal miracle in one moment's time. And maybe that giant, colossal miracle comes in the form of hundreds of smaller, consecutive miracles along the way. We saw both in this. We saw miracles that were absolutely undeniable, God. And then we saw things where in the day-to-day, wow, Wow, they were small, but we grabbed them. We grabbed them. Even in the hospital, they have this uh, term, trending upward. You know, you, we'd ask, well, how's Lion doing today? Well, he's trending upward. Maybe his numbers are inching, inching, inching up. 
but they're up. <laughs> and if they drop, all right, then we're going to pray they trend up again. And so I know that all of us want, and God can do, and I've seen him, we've seen him do instant, big, giant miracles. I, I, I absolutely have always believed for those things. But in all our years in ministry, for the most part, there's a journey and there's a path because God wants us to grow out of things. He wants us to grow and to understand and to mature in faith so that we can help others along the way. You know, I can't tell you how many people have said to us, thank you for sharing this journey because it helps us to understand how to endure and how to get through. If we don't see that miracle in that instantaneous moment, how do we get there? How do we stay in a place of faith? How do we keep trending up? How do we keep moving forward? And how do we keep the victory in the midst of all that? And so all of that is really an act of faith and all of that is part of the entire process of moving out of that natural realm and into God's supernatural realms. Amen? Amen. So in that, <clears throat> faith is not denying circumstances. It's denying its right to rule and reign in our lives, right? And our future. You know, John Wayne, the prophet, He, he made this statement, you know, of course, it was from, from a movie, but he said, <laughs> John Wayne and Moses, <laughs> right there in, in wisdom, he said, courage is being scared as heck, but mounting up anyway. You know, life and adventures and steps of faith, they take courage. I wish, I wish it wasn't that way. Well, really I don't because I really enjoy challenges. But the truth is, if you're gonna get anywhere in life and you're gonna move forward and you're gonna get up to that mountaintop and that peak, you're gonna have to have some courage. You gotta have some strength and you gotta, Get some muscle, some spiritual muscle and some fortitude and get in there and get, get it done. You know, um, we are to seize and take dominion of this earth. Well, guess what? The enemy probably doesn't want to give it up real easy. And there's some battles to face. But 2 Timothy 1.12 says this, and I love this. I know... I know who I have believed in and I am persuaded or convinced that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him against that day. Have you entrusted your future and your life to God? Have you entrusted your family, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren? Have you entrusted them to God? Have you entrusted your health to God? Have you entrusted literally your finances to God? Yeah, we got to work in the natural. 
You know, there's, there's issues that, you know, Larry and I, our whole life has been a financial strategy, <laughs> has been conquering new levels. You know, when we go in and, and, and try to do something for God, guess what? There's a price tag on that. And so not only do we have to act on it, not only do we have to wait on God, but we also have to enter into a new level of faith for God to bring the provision for us to be able to do that. You know, we don't, we don't have one creditor over almost 50 years. We don't have one creditor chasing us down. How about that? (laughs) Really? I saw this article the other day, I was looking up something and I saw this article about, you know, and this, this is not Lashon Hurrah or gossiping or anything, but I saw this article about, you know, uh, a pastor and how he got taken to court because he didn't pay his bills. And I thought, it really occurred to me, I thought, glory to God, in all of our years, not one time have we ever, ever not paid our bills. Well, that's not because we have this enormous vault. (laughs) Well, we do, but it's God's vault. (laughs) But everything that we've ever done, every project we've taken on, every time we've gone and pioneered church, every time we've invested to move forward in in, in taking a, a bigger opportunity for God, we also have to pray along, not only have the John Wayne courage, but then have the faith to be able to press it forward and see it come to pass. You know, I think I've told you this before, but this last, last year when the, when the crisis broke out in Ukraine and, and uh, Sam called us and said, we have to do something. We have to get these uh, 200,000 Jews out of Ukraine. They're going to be killed. And immediately Larry and I were like, we're on it. This was Saturday night. We're supposed to be getting ready for church the next morning. It's two in the morning and we're on the phone strategizing on how we're going to do this. And mind you, this was in the middle of our crisis. This was in the middle of of what we were going through. And yet, we took our eyes off of ourselves and said, God... God, 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 what is it you want us to do? And so in that, as we did that, the very next day, we, we came to church and we put the cause out there and we asked, told, told you, told our people, told our stream families what we needed to do and gave the opportunity to be a part of it. And immediately y'all rose up. And came together and did this incredible, enormous thing. And we have made such impact over there. So much. Um, and I'll let Larry tell you more. But, you know, I said to Larry, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that he and I would just say, all right, we'll do something. Because that's just how we've always lived. And I don't say that braggadociously. I just say that's how we live. Let's do it. Come on. We got work to do. But what absolutely blows me away is that people rally around us and get behind this, the vision that God's given us. 
and that the multitudes of people, whether it's large or whether it's small, that get together and say, oh God, I want to make a difference. I want to be a part of this. And that to me is the biggest blessing and the biggest comfort in being able to step out in faith because alone we couldn't, we couldn't. But together we were able to do all these enormous things that make impact and literally change lives. May I just commend y'all for that. May I just commend you and thank you. Because, you know, at the end of, at the end of our lives, I was going to say at the end of the day, but at the end of our lives, the only things that are really going to last when we stand before God are the things that we have done for him, the impact that we have made for him. And, you know, life is so consuming. It's not easy logistically or time-wise. It's not an easy response to inconvenience our lives for others. There's not even a minute on probably any of our calendars that isn't penciled in for something. Life is so busy, so consuming. Hello. <laughs> you see? You can't get one word in without that telephone ringing. <laughs> Answer it. It might be something important. <laughs> but isn't it? It's like you have to make a commitment in your life and make a time in your life that you will allow God to inconvenience you and allow God to use your life. Um, you know, sometimes in the, in the craziness of, of the day, uh, you know, if I'm out running errands or if I'm, you know, even if I... Even if I'm at home, I'm doing business all day. And to me, I am like, get it done. I, my, my motto, I told you this last time, but my motto is get there and be there. I don't want to take a long time to get something done. I don't want to take a long sightseeing trip. I want to get there and I want to be there. I want to get something done. And with this whole journey, it's like, this is taking way too long. I want to get there and be there on the other side of this. But even in the course of my day, sometimes I have to slow myself down because my goal is to be checking things off my list. Sometimes I have to slow myself down. Maybe I'll be talking business on the phone to somebody and I'll sense a need in their life. And I'm like, man, I don't really want to get into this right now. You know, I've got things to do, but I'll just open my heart, open my calendar, open my time frame, and be like, you okay over there? And open that door to allow God to use me to touch somebody else's life or to have a prayer with them. Um, and so those are little things. Those are just little ways that you can come out of our, what I call ingrownitis, eyeballitis. <laughs> okay. Ingrownitis, eyeballitis, ingrown eyeballs, which means I'm just looking inward. It's all about me. All I can see is me, 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 my life. We got to reverse that. Take a look around 
and not just have life about me. My goodness, I talked to somebody the other day and it was like, <sighs> I couldn't get it in a word edgewise because it was all, 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 all about them. You know, and that's okay. Life is about us. But you got to get out of that in order to get God involved with your life. People ask, well, how did you get these miracles? Well, it's, it's multi, it's multi-factor. You know, it's not just one magic prayer. It's not just one magic formula, but there are keys to moving into a supernatural realm of blessing. Number one, your relationship with God. Number two, that you care about what God cares about and you get involved with what he's doing in the lives of others. Amen. Number three, how to activate your faith. And let me just go through this real quick. How many know this scripture? Matthew 18, 19. Wherever two or three agree, say it with me. Wherever two or three agree, and it shall be done. Wow, that's a big, that's a big promise, right? That's a really big promise. I mean, think about the power that is available right there. God himself is telling us, wherever two or three agree, wow. You know, there's times through my whole life where, you know, I have a prayer life and I have, I love to pray and I get after it when I'm praying. I don't sit in a corner and meditate, man. I get up and I pace and I stomp and I spit and I, <laughs> I get after it. Devil, you get your, you get in your place. You get out of our finances. You get out of our health. You get out of my family. You get out of our people's lives and you are, uh, you know, put our foot down. There is that prayer. There is that kind of prayer, but there's times when I really need help. And I'll pull my family together or I'll pull my prayer warriors or my friends or our staff and we'll say, come on, you guys, wherever two or three agree, it shall be done. Come on, let's get after this and put our foot down. Let's push the devil back into where he belongs and pull God's promises into where they belong. Amen. But even beyond that, how about agreeing with God in prayer. So many times something comes into our lives. You know, let's just, let me just use our example. Uh, so, and, and, and let me say this, we don't, we're not telling our story about what we just went through to bring attention to ourselves. We're telling this story to bring attention to our God and what he can do for others. Amen. Amen. But so many times we get a bad report or we listen to the news. Boy, be careful about listening to the news. I mean, for heaven's sakes, even on channels that are conservative, they have to talk about something. Even in the world, there's all these shows right now uh, or all these studies and things showing the effect of social media, 
of the media, of, of everything, that nothing gets anybody's attention except negative news. So they have to in order to keep their ratings up. Can you imagine if, let's just say Fox News, if they just got on and told good, nice stories every day, if they just got on there and told, nobody would listen. Nobody really cares about all that, right? It's like, oh, that's nice, but you know, whatever. I got things. But you get some riveting trashy or, or God, the world's caving in, or you know, it's like, what, what? It immediately ramps you up and rivets you to it. There's a high in being low. There's something inside of us that responds to that adrenaline rush of bad news. And so we have to counter that. So when you get a bad report or you're listening to the news and it's talking about the economy caving in and there's job cuts are going to happen and, you know, this and that and interest rates and, you know, all of these things and, you know, wars and, 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 and all of these things, nuclear and blah, 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 you know, and you can get sucked into that dimension of fear and worry and depression. Maybe you get a bad report like we did. We could not allow ourselves to be sucked into that level of thinking. Yes, we're dealing with this. Yes, we will do everything in the natural. Yes, we will do what we need to do. However, I'm not going to live in that dimension. And I had to literally pull myself up out of that through focusing on my God. It was a supernatural transition of thinking. So in that, and this is not a cliche or just a soundbite or just a good, you know, phrase, but I literally had to begin to agree, not with those reports, but to agree with God as my healer. I had to begin to agree with scriptures. And that's where I took those hundred healing scriptures and every day would speak them into my heart, my soul, my body, my life, my future so that I could change my perspective. You see, fear comes when we picture our future without God or his promises in the picture. When you get statistics that tell you that you have such and such time to live, you get statistics that say your chances are this, you get reports of all the things that are going to happen to you in the midst of fighting this and you're listening to all this and your mind is picturing all these things. I've told you that my mind immediately just pictured my future, but without me in the picture. So how do you conquer that? We had to literally fight spiritual warfare pull those thoughts that don't match with God's promises, pull them into captivity. 
in the spiritual realm, I literally had to pull those thoughts in and demolish those thoughts of me not being in my future. And I had to replace them with a vision of my future with God's promises come to pass. And so just the things of picturing, like with Lion. Well, Lion was in isolation. Lion lived in the, in, in the hospital, uh, Cook's Children's uh, oncology floor. For over six months, they had to live there with him. Baby Lion hooked up to all of these at seven months old. How do you raise a baby um, when you can't do all the normal things you do with a baby? You can't take him to the park. You can't roll around on the ground with him. You can't cuddle with him. You can't snuggle. You can't, uh, uh, you know, just all the little things that you do as a mom and dad. And you're surrounded by people that, that are living with childhood cancer. The whole floor is people that are fighting cancer and on chemo and babies, children, and, you know, it's not easy to see. How do you stay in a place of faith when you're surrounded by, in the natural, what your future and your life is going to be? You literally have to get into a place where you demolish those reports. You demolish and you do not accept the reality of that. You don't deny it. You have to deal with it. There was things that we've had to deal with in the natural. But ultimately, God, this is not my destiny. Lord, I may be dealing with cancer, but that's not my destiny. And not one moment of my destiny or my family's destiny or my grandson's destiny is going to be diverted or destroyed or distracted. In Jesus' name, Lord, we will have our day where we stand up here and show baby lion as a healed, miracle baby child. And we have had that, and he is that. We will have that day when we are functioning in a normal realm. With lion, we had to picture that day when lion would be out in the park climbing on a slide. That was a big deal to picture. When he's hooked up to dozens of tubes and blown up like a, a little helium balloon uh, and couldn't get out of his, they couldn't even take him out of his crib, his big excursion and for the day was be to wheel him down to x-rays or a spinal tap, you know. Um, how did you, we had to picture, we would pray and we would literally picture him in a park, climbing on a slide, sitting in a swing, playing in the dirt, rolling around, falling down. And just a couple of weeks ago, Luke and Jen took him to a park and it's kind of new to him. And, and uh, all these little kids were playing football and playing around and they let Lion just run with them. He didn't even know what to do, but all he could do was laugh. And so they're running this way and he's like, ha ha. You know, he's just like laughing. They run this way. He's like just laughing. One of the boys falls down and he goes up to him. Oh, you all right? <laughs> Lion's playing on the slide. He's climbing up. He's going down, slamming down off the end of it, just like a normal kid. These are things that we envisioned years ago.
several years ago. Those are things that in a normal life you don't, you take for granted. You don't think about needing to pray for those things. But we had to envision coming out of that hospital, envision coming off of those tubes, envision him by faith being a normal, everyday little kid running around, getting dirt on him, falling down in the dirt, coming down the slide, climbing up the slide. All of those things that were not in the natural or in that picture that those reports gave us. So as we rose above it, the reality came. When you picture your future without the promises of God or without God's power, fear encompasses. But when you picture your future through the promises, faith rises up and becomes reality. Even if it doesn't happen in that second, stay your course, stay your course. Stay your course, stay your course. Align your words with God's promises. Align your thoughts, envision God's promises. Think like a winner. Think like you have carte blanche with God's word. Have you ever in your life had maybe, maybe the vision of, what if I just had a million dollars? What would I buy? What if I had like a credit card that was a black or platinum and I could just buy whatever, I, this is what I would get. If I could just go anywhere in the world, where would I go? What would I do? You know, that's kind of an illustration of how we need to think with God. And I don't mean in the way of things, but with our God, there really are no limits. The only limitations to what God can do lie within our limited thinking. And that's not, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. I'm saying that, that we have a path and an opportunity to grow and to stretch and to live beyond this world's natural realms. You know, but it lies with us. There's God's part. He is God. Then there's our part to do what he is said to do in the Bible and to activate those promises. So it's our thoughts, our words. Listen, we learned how to discuss some very challenging issues, but to frame them with the promises of God. Okay, the doctor's saying this. Okay, we have to do this. Okay, we're going to do this and this and this. And this may, you know, okay. And there were side effects. There were things that were ugly and not fun. But it's like, okay, that's all right. God's going to get us through. And we're going to be on the other side of this. We're going to get there and be there. <laughs> and we're going to get through this. God is going to equip us and God is going to do miracles by the moment. And so many things that should have been, could have been so much worse were not. And we saw God put his super to our natural. Amen. So many things. And so we speak words of life. We speak words of life. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of our words. So our God spoke 
and form the word, world with his words. There was nothing. And he spoke and the world's formed. Whew. Now that's some power. Nancy, would you just do it right now? Would you just speak something uh, and, and, and let's see it form? Could you just speak into existence? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a little, little out of our uh, pay, pay grade, right? But that same DNA really is within us. That same power is within us because God lives within us. So the power of our words, the Bible says that life and death are in the power of our words. So when we just rampantly speak negative or speak, you know, yeah, we're dealing with issues. We have to discuss them. We have to talk about them. We have to deal with it. But guess what? We're not parking there and camping there. We're going to get through this and we're going to frame it and cover it and infuse it with the word of God and his promises. Yes, we were dealing with sickness. Yes, we have dealt with adversity. Yes, we have dealt with financial issues our whole life. But what do we do? We go in there and we infuse it and saturate our minds with the promises of God. When we got this diagnosis, the first scripture that we began to speak, Psalms 118:17, I will live and not die, but I will live and proclaim what the Lord has done. Well, by golly, that's what we're doing right now. We are proclaiming what the Lord has done, not to bring glory to us, not to bring attention to us, to bring glory and attention to the power of our God and to bring hope to other people that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, our God is God Almighty. Our God is an overcomer. Our God will empower you to get through things that in the world are impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Can I get a great big amen? Amen. So the power of life and death is within us, in our words. Then our vision. Have you ever said, hey, picture this? Or have you ever said or heard, imagine, imagine this, imagine that. You see, our imaginations and our vision is so powerful. Like I said with baby lion, we're going to picture him being a normal kid. We're going to picture him doing all those things. Well, our God has done exceedingly abundantly above even those things that we envisioned. Me standing here preaching to you about this was in my vision for a couple years. Amen. Giving you the hope, giving you the hope that what God has done for us, he will and can do for you. Then our actions are so important. We need to carry ourselves like we are on the other side of that challenge. We need to carry ourselves, act like we are walking in that miracle provision. Listen, there is so much power in the way that we carry ourselves and act because it's an act of faith. Listen, to be victorious is an act of faith. People would ask, well, how are you doing? And you know, I mean, it's not that you never talk about it, but for the most part, it's like great and getting better. Well, guess what? We've been saying that for a very long time. What did, when I used to open services, what did I say? Every, New beginnings, how y'all doing today? Great and getting better, right? 
Well, guess what? I still said that even when <laughs> going through chemo and going through all the junk. But you know, because we choose to be in a place of faith. And so you've heard me say this, we each have the choice to rejoice. We each have the choice to rejoice. You've heard me say, sometimes we smile because we're happy. Right now I'm smiling because I'm happy. Amen. Am I dealing with anything? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still happy. Sometimes we're happy because we smile. So listen, sometimes we smile because we're happy. Sometimes we're happy because we smile. There is a literal power of God that ignites within us when we choose to trust him, to walk in faith, and to live in victory. Through these last few years, the darkest times of our life, I can honestly say that, yeah, it's been hell in many ways. God has also given us a supernatural joy, victory, confidence, light, lightness of heart, faith, faith like I've never had in my life, faith in the darkest times that has taken me from a death sentence to a life of victory. Now, am I taking credit for that? No. People might say, well, you're awfully confident, aren't you? Yeah, I'm confident in my God. I am confident in what he has promised that he will do. I am confident that he didn't bring me this far to leave me. I am confident that no matter what the devil or the world throws at us, he is not more powerful than my God, and he will not cut off God's destiny for me or for my children, my husband or my grandchildren. It shall come to pass. And so that victory and that peace and that joy that passes all understanding becomes a reality when we choose faith. I'm going to close with this. How many know the scripture about the chosen ones? What it, what, tell, somebody tell me, what does the Bible say about being a chosen one? Talks about becoming God's chosen one. So doesn't that ring a bell to you of just, have you ever looked at somebody in class or in school and like, oh yeah, you're just the chosen one. Your teacher's pet. You're just mom and dad's pet. Mom loves you more than me. Have you ever had those feelings? Well, don't you think it's kind of cheeky that the Bible would talk about the chosen ones? But you know what? When you study that out, what it's really talking about is that God puts the call out to everyone. God puts the opportunity out for every single person. Those who become the chosen ones are those that choose to move forward with the opportunities that he gives us. So think of it like maybe in school, maybe, maybe you think that there was someone in your class or whatever that was just the chosen one, teacher's pet. Well, maybe they were 
chosen because they did the work to get there. Maybe the, they were the ones that really put in that effort or really showed that enthusiasm or really leaned into it to learn and to excel and to move forward. Maybe that's why they became the chosen ones. Maybe there was a cause and effect there. How about that with God? He puts things out there for us. He gives us opportunities. He's given us his word. Let me tell you this. There's times that people come up to us and desperately want prayer. Well, you know us. We pray for everybody. We pray and we count it such a privilege. But sometimes people come up and they want a special counseling session or they want a special time. And sometimes I've had to say to people, hey, you know, we wrote a book on that. Have you ever? <laughs> you might want to read the book. <laughs> because we put our life and soul into our books. And there's good stuff in there of how we have learned and what we have gleaned and what we have gone through and come through and seen God do. And so sometimes I want to say, you know what? Read the book and then come back and we'll talk and pray, okay? Oh, you, you mean you want me to do something? I just wanted prayer. <laughs> so sometimes I think maybe God feels that way. We rush to him with our needs. We rush to him with our crisis. And he's like, you know, I wrote a book <laughs> called the B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> Why don't y'all read that book and then we can talk, <laughs> right? Oh, some people are smiling, some are not. Okay, pastor, time to close the service. Come on, wrap it up. So I'm just saying to become a chosen one, to become one that lives in a place of favor, a place of unprecedented miracles, a place where our lifestyle is seeing God move on a daily basis, a lifestyle of conquering whatever's before us, a lifestyle of seeing God meet our needs, a lifestyle of seeing God's handfuls on purpose, a lifestyle of walking in his favor, unprecedented favor, a lifestyle of seeing his grace, his mercy, his help, his equipping, his strength, his courage, his peace, his joy, his blessings, his promises, his miracles. It's not just a 911 call or an emergency box on the wall. It's an intimacy and a relationship of knowing him, knowing his word, knowing his promises, saturating your soul, saturating your mind, saturating your words, your actions, your thoughts, your vision, your purposes, your plans with the power and the infusion of our God Almighty. He's God our Father, but He's God Almighty. Amen. He's so powerful. Don't you just want more of Him? Seriously, don't you want more? 
of him. Please, have I been talking in vain? Do you want, don't you just want all that he has for you? Or do, you know, are you, I'm not ready to settle. I'm not settling for some diagnosis. I'm not settling for some sickness hitting me in my life out of the blue. Heck no, no. I'm not settling for that. I'm not settling for an economy that's crashing. Not in my life, not in my life, not in our people. I'm not settling for what the world wants. I'm not settling for a life of chit chat or gossip or petty, petty, petty garbage. I'm settling for a purpose and a vision that never ceases and never ends. I'm not settling for just everything is about me. I'm not settling for not caring about anybody else. I'm not settling for that. I have a vision. I have a purpose. I have a destiny to fulfill. Is that how you feel? I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. I know you want more of what God has for you with the anointing of God. You can do more than you ever dreamed possible. You can be more than you ever could in the natural, but that comes with a choice to trust him, to press into him, to read his word, to take the risks, to be a blessing to the world, to look beyond your own needs and to reach out to touch the world for him, to tikkun olam, repair a broken world and God will repair our broken world. Amen, stand with me all over this building. I wanna pray with you. Those of you on stream, I wanna pray with you. Reach out your hands. I wanna have a prayer together. I wanna have a prayer for each other. I want you just, you don't have to touch anybody next to you. You know, I know there's a lot of junk going around, but just symbolically kind of, you know, how about an elbow? How about an elbow? I feel God uniting us in a vision right now. I feel like what we're talking about today, listen, I'm not telling this to be about us. I'm telling this to be about what God is capable of. I'm talking about no matter what we're facing in life, no matter how chaotic the world is around us, we have a stability in our God, in his promises, in who he is. Amen. So lift your hands with me right now. All over this building, those of you on stream, Father, we are coming into agreement with each other. Lord, you have said wherever two or three agree on any such thing, that it shall be done by you. Father, not only are we agreeing with each other right now, but we are agreeing with you, God. God Almighty, we are coming into agreement and alignment with you and your will, your promises, and your destiny for our lives. Father, right now we put our foot down and we declare that every attack against our lives in the physical, in our health, in our finances, in our families, in our future, shall be destroyed, shall be broken, shall be put down and ended through the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. Father, we declare nothing but your will, nothing but your promises, nothing but your dominion in our lives. Father, we declare 
that your will shall be accomplished and your promises shall be fulfilled. Father, today we choose to take our eyes off of the problems. We put our eyes on your promises. We choose to take our eyes off of ourselves and to put our eyes on you. We choose to take our eyes off our own needs and to put them on the needs and the opportunities that you are putting before us in the world. Father, we choose to have a greater vision for our lives, to have a greater purpose and destiny for our lives. Father, we thank you that if we are, if we are facing sickness or disease or financial problems, that you are greater. And God, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and that you are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And we declare that right now, and we establish that dominion in our lives. Father, we choose not to look at fear. We choose not to be engulfed by fear or oppression or depression. We choose to be saturated with and engulfed by your promises, your presence, and your power. In Jesus' mighty name, God, we give you the praise for all your dominion and your answers, your equipping and your miracles in our lives right now. Now lift your hands, give him some praise and declare, declare his goodness. Come on, I wanna hear it, I wanna hear you shout it out. I wanna hear your praise to God. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. 